You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Wednesday afternoon. Now, welcome to a really, really special edition of the 123 Show because today we're having an awards ceremony live on the radio and on the Facebook Live page as well. So do join us there. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. Now, we're bringing you the prize presentation of the Hong Kong English Poetry Competition 2020. This year has been unprecedented and extraordinary uh, in so many ways. And I never really thought to have an award ceremony on the radio, but here we are. And this afternoon, we'll be sitting down with our top three winners to talk about their poetry. And um, it will be wonderful to hear their sharing and their work, and uh, which was really inspired by the theme two this year. And two turned out to be uh, really a great theme, and it inspired our poets in so many different ways. And it was really interesting to see how different poets interpreted this theme. So without further ado, I'd like to congratulate one of our winners this year, the second runner-up of the Hong Kong English Poetry Competition is Eva Ng. Eva, congratulations to you. How are you doing? I'm doing super well, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, how are you feeling? <laughs> I, I, I'm just so stoked, actually, to be a winner. <laughs> I'm so happy to finally meet you. You know, when we the the judging process was really intense. We had um, we had a round of judging internally at RTHK, and then it was sent off uh, f- to our judges. We had four different judges uh, this year, including Hugh Chiverton, including Henrik uh, Hoag, and also Tammy Ho from the Baptist University, and also to Mary Jean Chan as well, who was the Costa Prize winner for the Poetry uh, Prize last year. Um, so we had some heavyweight judges, wow. and so it was really interesting to see how they're judging and the final outcome, and to meet the, the, the winners. So before we talk about your poetry, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um... Well, I have been in Hong Kong for 17 years, so I'm actually not native, right? So I'm Malaysian Chinese, uh, and I grew up in Malaysia till I was about 12. And then we moved to Australia. So actually, if I was to call a place home, I would definitely say Australia is very critical to my, uh, you know, like I think my formative years. Uh, and 2003 was when I decided to come to Hong Kong for a job. So this is kind of like my second Hong Kong health crisis. In a way. <laughs> You've witnessed all the yes. pandemics here. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, I am uh, married. So I'm blissfully married uh, for... Gosh, I think I've been with my husband for 18 years. Wow. Yes. Yeah, How is that time. possible? You're so young. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. So uh, married since 2006 and we have two kids. Wow. So my day job is I work in uh, marketing. I work for Schneider Electric uh, and in their global marketing team. So it's actually really amazing to have a Fortune 500 company that's headquartered here in Hong Kong and not many people know about it. I didn't know that until you told me on the phone last time. <laughs> And my night job or my home job is uh, being a mother with my two children, one who's Aaron, who's nine, and Ethan, who's three. Wow. Hi, Aaron, Ethan. You must be so proud of your of your mummy. So how did you hear about the poetry competition? Well, actually, it takes us back to the pandemic. Um, you know, like I think uh, like a lot of people these days, I don't really watch much TV uh, and I would still like to keep on top of the news. So then actually there's this whole get back to the radio phenomenon. So I get to listen because of the internet. I get to listen to Australian radio and then for Hong Kong, it's RTHK, of course, yes. right? And then I think I heard about the poetry competition and then I went and actually looked it up online and I saw I still had time to enter. So I decided to try my hand at writing something for it. That's great. I'm so <laughs> glad you did. Now, your poem is called Two or One. What is it about? 
Uh, the poem is deeply inspired by my spiritual studies. Uh, the theme to actually for me, uh, when I wrote it in the context of the poem, represents the separation that we have as people, right? So a lot of people really, this is, I am me and you are you. And so therefore, uh, we are two. And for me, um, as a seeker, actually all my life, I'm really fascinated by people who actually re, um, have their identity connected to the oneness of the all. Like all of humanity, how do they do that? Like, you know, this deep fascination of the largeness of their sense of self. And, and so part of my spiritual study really actually starts to peel back the layers of like what holds us separate. Uh, you know, I think the things that the, the mental dynamics that actually has us feel like we are not together. Uh, and so the poem actually talks a lot about that. Yeah. And I know you uh, very kindly brought your poem along so our listeners can mm -hmm. hear it as well. Um, do join us on Facebook if you can. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to hear Eva read out her award winning uh, poem, um, which is inspired by, by the theme this year, too. So maybe Eva, if you can read it for us. Okay, so two or one. Two is an illusion created by mind. In this illusion, I see you separate from me. My hands, my eyes, my body. Your hands, your eyes, your body. My life, your life. My stuff, your stuff. My pain, your pain. My success, your success. If I win, if you win, I may lose. If you succeed, I may fail. If you have, I may not. Always there a fearful seed. I hold close my loves, my needs, my desires, my wishes, my achievements, the stuff of my life. You and you and you play a part, but this is my story. My, 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 a litany of self, all of us in our not-so-secret obsession. 7.7 .7 billion me, 7.7 .7 separate stories, each with an eye in center stage, a drama of me and mine, in a race to make more, have more, be more, living in two worlds, my world and the rest of the world. My priority is, I'm okay, I'm fine. Oh, rubbish, you may think, not me. I'm helpful, I'm giving, I'm doing my bit of good. Who are you to say I'm not? Stay in your lane and I'll stay in mine. Mind your business and I'll mind mine. But my friend, let's all quietly reflect. If everyone expand to prize we, no longer will you be just a little me. We will be part of each other's we. Like each cell in our body working in harmony. A heart cell, a kidney cell, a skin cell, a blood cell. Trillions of minute miracles, each humming to the beat of we. If we learn from the blueprint within, we will know the truth of this. It's impossible to have a healthy me if there isn't a healthy we. To knit a strong web of life, we start with a little more, smile more, share more, care more, connect more, and love more, to weave a new kind of social security. Knowing people will have each other's back, communities will have each other's back, Mother Nature has our back, and we too shall have her back. Awaken to this simple truth, when two or more come together, we form one. It's time to choose to live in separation of two, or to embrace the power of one.
Wow, it's incredibly powerful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you mentioned the inspiration is really f- driven by your spiritual drives to, to, to seek. When did that begin? And tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, it started probably when I was in my late teens, actually, when my father was diagnosed with cancer. And he passed away 15 months after his diagnosis. So and so, so dealing with the pain of loss, um, you start to actually ask questions, like deep questions, like why do people, why did he die? Like, you know, what's the purpose of life? And why do people suffer? Yeah, why mm. do people suffer? Uh, and a lot of the big questions in life, actually, that you don't really spend too much time pondering about, all of a sudden became quite front and center. Uh, so, and since then, I've been, in a way, looking for answers. Yeah. Man, did you manage to find some answers? <laughs> Can you uh, enlighten? I'm, I'm looking for answers too. Well, I think one of the huge critical point is uh, about three years ago, I finally found my teacher, um, and uh, and and we we referred to her as Mother Ocean. So uh, my teacher's name is Ocean White Hawk, and it is incredible to actually have someone to actually guide you on the path. Uh, to really help you reveal and look at life in the lens of truth, right? We talk a lot about, you know, tell the truth, but actually there's a deeper sense of universal truth uh, that has actually been the fundamentals of life for millennia. And, but we don't really have much access to that. And nor do we actually really incorporate much of that in the way we live today. So, so, you know, three years ago was, you know, this, the beginning stage of my training to, uh, under my teacher to start to understand this whole, we would call it the science of consciousness, right? We have these questions because we are conscious human beings. We, we have the sentiency to really think about things like, why am I here? Uh, what am I doing? And so, so then the evolution through that process is you actually start understanding one of the most powerful forces of separation of this whole me and you is actually the mind, the mind that we all have uh, and the stories the mind tells you and the things that the mind does. Actually, many, many times it's very disempowering for most people. Uh, and when you are able to start getting to understand the dynamics of your own mind, you actually now have this objectivity and the ability to have choice <laughs> because mm-hmm. it used to run you. You have no control over this tool. Absolutely. <laughs> it's so difficult to sometimes, you know, control your thoughts because you let them run wild and it leads you to a different, darker place and sometimes in a good yes. place, but sometimes you, it's yeah. to a place where you never even knew existed. Yes, because it just kind of goes in this spiral. And then all of a sudden you're angry with the whole world. It's a small thing. And then all of a sudden you bring like, you know, all the baggage from the past. I mean, you might have actually have like, you know, for example, in a relationship, something tiny could have triggered an argument. All of a sudden you're now digging up the thing that was you were angry about five, five years, years ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden you're like mentally imagining a divorce, you know. So so really that's the that's the work of the mind. And yeah. it is it is a tool, but it's some many times not a helpful tool. Yeah. And what I'm coming present to actually is really the power of the heart to connect you actually with um, with love. And, you know, we use this word very generically. Oh, you know, I love pizza. And then you say to someone you really love deeply, I love you so much. I mean, you use the same word for pizza and your children, <laughs> which I think is actually really funny. <laughs> 
we don't really have a lot of delineation in terms of actually looking at the, so many types of love yes. that we work with. Uh, and, and love is a very, very powerful access to connection. And love actually um, is a place, you know, to, to get access to that, actually, I think you have to really be much more heart-centered rather than mind-centered. There's a deep intelligence within the heart that actually allows us to live so much more powerfully, so much more connected. Yeah. Uh, Eva, a deep poet indeed. I look forward to inviting you back on another time for more sharing on on, on that topic. Uh, we're out of time for now, but congratulations. Thank and you we'll so have a, a photo opportunity uh, perhaps during the news break. So once again, congratulations to Eva Ng, who's the second runner-up of the Hong Kong English Poetry Competition, and her winning piece is called Two or One. Thank you very much indeed.